Welcome to Lock Sportscast, your weekly source for lock sport news and sometimes interviews like this one. I'm your host, Charles Current. In today's episode, we have a conversation with Tumblr. For full show notes with links, you can visit thelocksportscast.com. Some apps do limit the length of show notes, which shouldn't affect this episode much. But if you are using one of those apps, you can always find full show notes with links at thelocksportscast.com. You can find an audio version of this podcast on most podcasting apps and a video version on YouTube. Before we get started, I'd like to say thank you to the people that made this episode possible. Producers for this episode include my Patreon subscribers. We have Bill N., Medler, Pandafrog, Michael Gilchrist, Starrylock, Williams Brain, Dave to be deciphered, Lebon's Locksport Journey, Pat from Uncensored Tactical, PH Picker, Three Raccoons in a Coat, Cherell, and Mog. And of course, a special thank you to today's guest, Tumblr. Tumblr is a computer systems engineer, an admin on the Lockpickers United Discord, a moderator on the Lockpicking subreddit the original author of the Lockpickers United Karate Belt system. Uh, just a heads up, we had a few issues with the recording setup before recording this, so the audio isn't quite as good as I had hoped it would be, but I think it's okay. And there are a couple of times where I start to kind of wrap things up, but we find a new subject to talk on and we just keep going. So if you're enjoying the episode, don't stop listening when you hear those. And with that, here is the conversation with Tumblr. Welcome to the Lock Sportscast, and uh, thank you for coming on. To, I, I appreciate you reaching out to me um, and offering to tell me the story of the, the karate belt system and agreeing to come on and be recorded. I know not everybody wants to come out and actually be recorded. Uh, so I appreciate it. It makes it a little more interesting for the audience. So of why course. don't why don't you tell us first a little bit about how you got involved in Locksport? And you know, that's usually the first question I ask everybody is how did you learn about Locksport or fall into it or what was the uh the circumstances that led to you getting started? Well, I got into Locksport, I think, before the term Locksport existed. Um, it, was, it was in college. I, I went to school in the Northeast, um, and uh, uh, some friends and I found the, the MIT guide, and um, we, were, we were interested, and so we learned together how to, how to pick locks. I think my first pick was made out of a steak knife that I ground down with a Dremel. Um, I didn't really pick anything interesting, though, back then. It was... It was master locks and Schlage locks and kind of normal, what you think of as kind of a normal pin tumbler design, nothing fancy at all. So um, it, it was uh, during college that some friends and I enjoyed picking. And then uh, we, I gave it up, you know, for a long time. I, my, I still, I kept my picks. I always thought it was kind of cool, but I, um, I hadn't picked for, for a really long time. And then, gosh, I was on YouTube and, and I saw... I saw some videos by, I'm trying to remember what his name, but um, his videos and stuff are long gone now. And I'm sorry, I, I cannot remember what his name was, but he, Wizwazzle, 
Um, ah, yes. He was picking some, some, some dimple lock. And, uh, I remember I had made a trip to Spain and I saw a dimple lock on our hotel room and I, you know, it's something totally new to me. I, I had never seen a dimple lock before. So it just kind of blew my mind. And I'm like, how in the world, you know, as someone who picked locks, I was like, how in the world would someone approach picking this? And so I, I watched Wizwazzle pick, pick a dimple lock. And I thought, you know, I need to get back into this. And so that was, that was basically when I started getting my picks out again. And, and I, I, um, you know, I started with an American lock. I thought if I get through an American lock, that would be pretty awesome. Uh, eventually, you know, I did. And, uh, the rest is kind of history. I, I've always been very interested in the high security end of things. So, uh, those locks that are kind of strange to us in America were the ones that I tried to focus. And um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun ever since. So how did uh, you get involved with uh, the whole Lock Pickers United uh, Discord and the, the Reddit and stuff? Were you there at the beginning or was it more of a, you came in later? I don't know. I don't know the history of any of that stuff. So I came in well after it. Gosh, yeah. Um, yeah, I was there very early. Um, I would say that uh, I would say that the the lock picking subreddit had been in a little bit of trouble for a while. This was coming in around I think 2016, 2017. Um, oh no, I guess yeah, I guess that would have been right. Um, and then so there was this guy Ith who had had taken over Ith Baumgart as his handle. He he took over the subreddit and was starting to do things like content. And that was around the time I had started picking, you know, American locks, starting to get into a little bit more of the high security stuff. And then somebody on, somebody on the, the subreddit was asking for help. And I, I wrote a fairly lengthy response to them explaining how to pick security pins. Um, then it kind of hit me up and said, Hey, this is great. I'm trying to turn this into a more inter- interactive place. You know, at the time it was just a lot of kind of spam I mean, there's some stuff on there, but it was a lot of master number threes and pictures of bees and like that. So, um, he, he asked me to come on uh, as a moderator and together we, we started brainstorming ideas on how to, um, how to get people more engaged. And his, his thing was content. He always liked to do content. So, um, we did some contests together and then, uh, the, the time at the time it wasn't called lock pictures United. It, it was, well, actually I think it was. Fire Shaper had started the Discord um, at some point before I showed up on the scene. I, I, it, but I, it, ha- it couldn't have been very long because it was, it was a relatively young thing. Uh, I think there was, there was only just a small handful of us on that server. So uh, it was uh, just kind of a place to go and mostly talk about the subreddit. It's, of course, it's turned into its own, its own beast for sure. Yeah. Um, and then I think the, the logos and the branding and stuff, Diggs came along and did that uh, within I think, the past three, four years. So, but yeah, but it was definitely before, it was, it was very young at the time around to it. And I cannot get this core out. <laughs> uh, so when did the idea of the karate belt system come about and, and how did all that work? So... Yeah, I think I, I made some notes here. I think it was in 2017. Um, I think it was. I'm not ab- absolutely sure, but um, I think it was 2017 that 
again, we were trying to build engagement to the subreddit. And at the time, a lot of what was being put up there was what people were familiar with, things like master number three locks and, um, you know, a lot of pictures of keys and stuff. It was more focused and it was better moderated, but it was, it was still kind of the same thing over and over again. And so I started racking my brain trying to think, well, what can we do? What can we do to, to, to increase engagement? And um, the contests were working well, but I thought a game, you know, I, I like to play games, uh, you know, like video games. And I thought, well, a game that rewards people for branching out and trying new things might be really fun. And, you know, obviously I, I never imagined it would turn into this, but it, I, you know, I imagined, you know, 10 or so people might enjoy playing it. So I, I cobbled it together um, just based on kind of my own experience, my own path through, uh, through picking. And so, you know, it, inevitably the system looks a lot like my own experience. <laughs> so I, uh, you know, I, I put it together that way and, uh, the, the current mods at the time was Edith Baumgard and, uh, Mr. Guy Fox and a kitty of Dovergel. We all talked a little bit about what, how to make it, you know, we, we put up, I think there was fewer than a hundred locks first implementation of it. Um, but we put up locks and we collaborated on, on the classification of them. Um, again, they were a lot of the locks that I had been working with because that's what, that's what I knew. Right. And, right. and so, um, so we put, put out the first version of it and it, it, you know, it's funny because a lot of people criticized it at first. They're like, this is super lame. It's just internet points. I'm like, yeah, but it was never intended to be anything but internet points. <laughs> it's cool that you got the point of it. Right. And, it's like, I don't need to show off, you know, what I've done and stuff. And, and fair enough, right? Like, it is, it is just a game. And so I, uh, I, you know, about half the people seem to love it and about half the people seem to hate it. And, and it, it started picking up some momentum. And almost immediately we had to hire a, a whole bunch of new moderators to handle all the requests. Um, because, you know, it's, it, it's, it's not a small thing to kind of review all the material and get through it. And, of course, the little secret there is that there's a kind of a, there's only, there's very much a Pareto dis, distribution of people who are, who are actually handling the belt requests at any given time. It's, it's a handful of, of folks. So, um, you know, that's, that's really the heavy lifting of the system is, is something that can be moderated and administered. It also is fun enough. Um, and so I think, I think we got there. Uh, it, it is, I will say hard to, to moderate and administer. But um, I'm I'm pretty taken with the number of people who seem to enjoy it for sure. Yeah, it's it's growing constantly. It seems like um, I noticed that they have the uh, they have a bot now for submitting the requests on the Discord, and it seems to be one or sometimes two people, the newer moderators, that end up having to review all the requests. Uh, that is true. Yeah, that's. Maybe think of it as like paying your dues. <laughs> I don't know. Paying your dues while you're <laughs> new. Yeah, it's, yeah. And the, yeah, exactly. the previous and ones then, have already burned out on it. They're so tired of looking at requests probably that they're ready to have somebody else take over. Yeah. It's, it, I, I don't think it's ever a conscious thing. Um, it, it, the moderators are all incredibly good people and they just, I think they love what they do, but it ends up, it ends up being the newer moderators are quicker to it. And then it, it just, people fall into a habit, right? Oh, that already got taken care of. It's good. And then it, so I don't think it's ever like a, I'm out, not going to do any more 
you know, belt requests. I think it's more, it, it just gets handled by the more you know, ambitious newer moderators more quickly than the moderators who have fallen into a more comfortable, uh, comfortable existence. I think that's probably more the reason why than anything. Yeah, that's probably but true. It's, it's, it, it is true that it's the, it tends to be the newer moderators who do more, more of the belt. Yeah, I've seen a lot of a lot of them come through yeah, since I've been on there. So, which is two years, I think. Um, it's a it's a fun system. So, how different is it now from when you started? Uh, not terribly, to be honest with you. Um, it it has gone. I, I you know I, I racked my brain thinking about how to explain this part. It's been expanded and enhanced by so many different people that it's, it's going to be impossible for me to give everybody who deserves credit credit. Right. Um, but there have been some kind of major miles and, and I guess I'll, I'll talk about those. Um, the first major milestone was the introduction of the, the challenge lock, the challenge lock requirement that came from Kitty of Dovergel. He was very insistent that I, I initially, I did not want there to be a challenge lock requirement. Um, he was very insistent that there should be because he enjoyed the way challenge locks help people make friends. And, and I can't argue with that. I mean, I, I resisted any kind of challenge lock requirements, not because I don't like challenge locks, but because they're kind of by necessity, one of a kind. And I thought, I thought to myself, well, how do we, we can't, we can't grant somebody a belt based on a challenge lock that they pick because there's not two of them, right? It's, it's, it's only available to, to one person at a time. So I wasn't thinking enough about it, but he, he thought of the idea of creating a challenge lock requirement that turned out to actually be a, in the, in the beginning, a, a deeply unpopular requirement. Um, there was a quite a few people who were resistant to it because they didn't want the, they didn't like the idea of sending locks and their addresses out. Um, which is an understandable thing, right? But again, this is a game. So if you want to play it, that's, you know, play it. If you don't, that's fine too. Um, but, we, we immediately, I don't know if you've read it, but if you look around the challenge lock requirements, there's a lot of uh, very specific details on what you have to do um, because we are getting some people who would just make a file mark on one pin and call it a challenge lock. So, <laughs> so you, but, hey, we're dealing with hackers here, right? So, hey, finding loopholes in the system is what we do. That's cool. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't fault them for that. So it's, uh, but it was funny. We did have to put a lot of structure around them. I think that was, very, that was the first called expansion to the system. Then um, after that, the black belt stuff was pretty strict and rigid. There was essentially one path through it because, well, it was the path that I wrote. So uh, pocketal racism came in and really modularized that. Um, so instead of, for example, you have to do this and then this and then this, he said, okay, you can juggle around these requirements. You can pick some more locks for your requirement or you can do another epic quest instead of picking. So he, he modularized that the highest end of the system to make it uh, more fun for people who didn't necessarily want to go through it the same way that I did <laughs> or it had been written. So that, that was good. Cause we actually started to see more black belts. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, that's okay. I was just going to ask to elaborate a little bit on that. What, what did it look like for the black belt when you first started it? Do you remember? You know, I'm, it's been so long. It's so, been so long. I'm struggling to remember, but I think, I think it was, and I can go back and, and look at the, actually, no, I can't. Cause I tried to do that. I was going to look at the revision history on it, but it doesn't go back that far. 
um, I think think it was something like pick two pick two locks, mentor at least two people, and then engage in we call it an epic quest, uh, or and then the master's project stuff came later. So I think it was an epic quest, some locks, and some mentoring were the requirements. But I don't remember the specifics on how many of each uh, were there. It was it was fairly simple and straightforward like that. Um, sorry, sorry about that. I, I wish yeah. I could remember more. I no, it's okay. Uh, um, I don't expect you to remember everything. If it wasn't ever written down that or logged somewhere, <laughs> then it's going to be lost. Um, maybe somebody else will remember at some point. But uh, it's it's a fun system. Uh, I I balked pretty hard at the uh, challenge lock requirement when I first got to to that level. I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Yeah, you're definitely not alone. <laughs> but I did enjoy it when I finally got down to doing it. I did enjoy it. I made, you know, more than one, sent a few of them out and then moved on because I was making a mess of my uh, wife's patio table filing pins. Um, oh, yeah, brass dust everywhere. Yeah. But I find it to be a, a really good incentive for people to keep progressing and developing their skill and uh, expanding, you know, their knowledge. Is that kind of what the goal of the game was, or was it really just more for fun? Or No, absolutely. The goal was always to... So I, I set some boundaries out at the beginning. Um, the first thing I felt very strongly about was that it was a non-zero-sum game, right? By winning a belt, you didn't take anything from anybody else. And in fact, at the higher levels, you have to give something to somebody else in order to get a belt. So it was always meant to be a system that encourages people to go on a path forward, push themselves out of their comfort zone, and help others, and then recognize the accomplishments once they're there. And, and that's one of the things I think people don't get immediately, is they think it's a contest. They think it's a it's a, and it is a ranking system, but it's not like a ranking ranking system. It's a recognition of a conflict. And I think, you know, we, we, I guess we'll talk about that article, at some point, but it, where, that's what they got right. It's the social aspect. It's the, I'm proud because I got the next level up. And it was very much, it very much came from video. It was like, give a little reward, a little reward, little reward. Like, and yeah, they're silly, but it's something that people can share in. I was a skateboarder when I was a kid. And, and even though I would go to skateboarding competitions, everybody celebrated each other's accomplishments. If you got a new trick, everyone was super happy. And that's what I wanted this to be, was a way for all the community to be happy with the accomplishments of other people. Um, so yeah, it was, it was never meant to be anything other than something of a guided path into the unknown. And then also a way for people to kind of rally around each other when there's an accomplishment. Um, that was always really important. And it was kind of surprising to me how seriously a lot of people took it at the beginning. Because, um, you know, it, it was never meant to be kind of a content. It was always definitely meant to be a, um, a non-zero-sum game is, the, I think, the best way I can, I can say it. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people take it for, for what it is as, as a fun way to progress and uh, get a little, you know maybe a little bragging rights to say, you know, I've, I've done the next one, you know, uh, sure. but yeah, which is great. I did notice 
a couple of times there was some, uh, I wouldn't, you know, it, it was more of a, a little bit of a contest. I saw a few people trying to, to see who could get to, uh, you know, black or whatever quickest. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> I've seen a, a couple yep. of people on that in it. And it's interesting. It, it definitely is, uh, a fun way to progress. I found it for me, it was, it was like a blueprint of, to help me know what locks were on the horizon and which ones I shouldn't try for quite yet. Because, you know, if, if I'd have jumped from picking an American lock to trying to pick with, you know, a Miwa PR or something, I, that's, that's a totally different, uh, animal. So going slowly and, and learning you know, dealing with multiple locking mechanisms and stuff one step at a time. So I, I think it's great for that. I love to suggest it to people partly for that reason. And I think the, uh, yeah, no, for sure. Adding the flare on the, uh, the Reddit and the discord really kind of helps people to have a little bit of bragging rights to, to show their accomplishments without actually having to say it all the time. So, Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's part of the fun, right? It's, it's your friends, right? Your friends recognize that you did something cool and, and that's a, that's a really powerful thing to people. I mean, it it doesn't, it's not bragging rights, really. It's just, it's that mutual celebration, right? Not, I did something you did and it's, oh my gosh, that person, that person really leveled up fast and that was awesome. And they're really putting their back into it. And everybody, since we're all enthusiasts, people celebrate that. Right. So, I, I, yeah, I didn't mean to imply that it was, you know, I'm better than you. It's, it's definitely a, especially a, a lot on the discord. I noticed a lot of that camaraderie, a lot of that great job, you know, it's a, it's one of the great things about this whole community. Um, whether you're in the discord or on uh, YouTube, the, the bulk of the community is just very supportive. It's unlike any other uh, community I've ever been a part of. That, that there's not a bunch of cutting down to build yourself up in this community. So, You know, that's cool you say that because I, I kind of feel the same way. And even though I'm not as active as I once was, I still stay active in the community because the people are so cool. Um, the people are just really awesome. But anyway, uh, try to go back a little bit because the milestones, that was, see, we talked about the challenge block milestone and then right. we talked about the black belt milestone. The, then the, the third milestone, I think the major one was, or at least the fourth, was the um, the Dawn system, which was was written by Correct. Um, and I don't know how familiar you are with that. It's it's a it's it's published and people participate in it. It's um, after you get to a black belt, you can earn points by doing this or that. And I've been kind of racking my brain on how to specialize. Right right now, the, the, there's very little guidance. It's just some things that you can do after black belt to, to kind of keep bumping up in the ranks. Um, right. So actually, CJ, CJ and I were talking about this the other day. It's like, well, maybe we can do, mod, you know, like one of the challenges of this, and I think I told you before, is getting, getting it to be a system that can be administered, right? Because it's so hard to, to keep all the requirements straight for, I think, five, almost 5,000 people are participating at this point. You can't just... The moderators just don't know, right? We're beyond the, it used to be, you knew the people, you knew what they had done just kind of in your head because you were, you were around, but there's so much now that 
I've, I've been racking my brains on how to build more modules for it or expand it. And um, the only thing I can really come up with is something that can be administered by, by being essentially a specialty and that has specialist, like a specialist community in that, like speed picking, for example, might be a specialization. And then maybe if you win contests, you earn points that way. Things, things like that. Those are the ideas that I'm thinking. The Dawn system is really an amazing, that's an amazing kind of structure around which to add expansion. Um, and so, yeah, I've been kind of thinking about that. I'm just thinking out loud, but that's, that's, uh, that was, that's what's been in my mind. But I think that pretty much covers it for the, the major milestone. Uh, so that's, that's how it's different. I guess I'm finally answering your first question. How is it different um, from when I started? I think that's about it. Okay. I think that answers it pretty well. Yeah, the uh, I kind of sidetracked you there for a little bit, but uh, it. So some people take it a different way, or 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 whatnot. But I think the bulk of the people, once you start going through it, you you learn what it is pretty quick, and that it's, you know, not a, a competition or anything like that, or, or a strict um, measure of your skill. But um, what did you think about the article that I sent you by Zephine on the, the system there? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to put this down. I got to think. I made some notes. Um, you know, I, I think Zephine got the, got the gist of what it was meant to be really well. And I think he did a great job summarizing what it is and what it isn't. Um, and so if, if I have any anything to say, it's, it's in no way suggest that his assessment was at all unfair. I think it was actually an amazing, amazing job summarizing what it is and what it isn't. Uh, as far, far as I could tell, the three main points that he made was first off that it, it, it put no emphasis on speed. Um, secondly, it, it put no emphasis on raking. And thirdly, it put no em emphasis on novelty like a novel lock. So, so the locks that, that are being picked on camera, I agree with all of those points, right? So most important one probably is the novelty. The only way to do that on camera is to do an out-of-the-box pick. And so then we have to start figuring out how did a person not just pack up a, a lock that they already knew how to pick and then unpack it on camera. Yeah. Um, it, it, so there's, it just, it's, again, it gets back to the, how do we administer the, Right? How do we keep it something that, that the mod team handle? Um, there really is no practical way accomplishing. Um, Not on so any we scale. just kind of had to take yeah, exactly. So we just had to kind of take it out. Um, the raking component is totally fair, but I would say raking is not what we wanted to try to develop. Um, raking is a, is a critical skill for competitive lock picking. Um, it's a totally valid way of opening locks. I don't mean to kind of, I don't mean to be dismissive of raking in any way, but raking is not intentional manipulation in the same way that single, single pin picking is. And this is almost the same thing with speed. Um, what we wanted to do is teach people the intricacies of locks and get them involved in it and learning how to manipulate it. And if once they mastered it, they wanted to go into speed picking and raking, that's fine. But almost by necessity, the belt system depends on high security locks, and those locks get very expensive. 
And while something like the Schlage Primus, you can rake the sidebars open, if you take that lock and you rake it too much, you're just going to end up with like brass dust. And so, you, you know, I think the last lock I, I bought was actually the, the very last lock I bought was this one right here. And I, it was almost $300. This is one of those um, 5,700s. Oh. So, you know, I don't want, I don't want people to ruin these really expensive blocks by raking. That's, so that's the first thing. And then secondly, it was about the joy of discovering the mechanism and mastering. Um, I think raking, raking is a way to do that quickly, but I don't know that you learn the same amount about the lock by raking open. Um, and it also, it falls apart on higher security locks. It just stops working. So those are my points about raking. I, I don't, I think raking, it's necessity in competitive picking. It's a perfectly reasonable way to open locks. In fact, raking is unequivocally its own skill. I suck at it, but it wasn't, it wasn't what I wanted the system to be about, you know, opening locks quickly. And it's, the, it's, it's the same point almost exactly can be made for the criticism over, and I, I didn't even hesitate to call it criticism. It didn't come off as criticism, but the, the criticism of, of speed. Honestly, I, I think opening the lock is the thing that matters. And the more time it took you, probably the more well you understand the lock. And this gets to the point about celebrating the accomplishment, not necessarily ranking somebody based on their ability. Obviously, well, I'll give you an example. I had a Dom IX twin star. It was the last lock I tried seriously to pick. Um, I tried and tried and tried and tried, could not open. Um, I actually, I think it may be the lock that I, I kind of stopped being excited about picking. It was so, it just wouldn't open. I, and so I sent it uh, not too long ago. I sent it to Rain in the Netherlands. He had it open in two days. That's his, he's a, he specializes in that lock, right? That he's, he's, he got really excited about that lock. He's able to open them quickly. Um, so the speed, it's hard to tell if the speed is coming from specialization or if it's coming from just a genuinely good feel. So again, it's, it's a, in competitive lock picking, speed is everything. So that right. means raking has to be incorporated and also you, your novelty is so you need to be very familiar with picking all kinds of different locks very quickly. Without a doubt, that's an amazing skill. But we don't have the ability to do a couple of those things on the internet. Um, and then the other one is, I don't want, we're not trying to be the U.S. Chess Federation of, of lock picking, right? We're not, we're not, this isn't serious. This is, this is just a celebration of accomplishments and a general outline of So I think those were the thoughts. I'm just going to look at my notes really quickly. Um, those were, I think those were the main points I wanted to hit on the article, but I thought it was an excellent article and I, I think he pretty much perfectly nailed what it is and what it isn't. Yeah. I thought it was really oh, well written. One, one more thing. And I hate to bounce back to it. There was one more kind of milestone. Oh. Here MHM dropped uh, at one point, he dropped a huge number, like a massive spreadsheet of, I think there was something like 400 new locks. Um, and he wanted us to classify them. In fact, he classified them but the part of the committee is you need at least one other member of the committee to agree with you on that classification. And the problem was we did not have enough members of the committee at the time to be even be remotely familiar with half the locks that were on there. So that, that resulted in a massive explosion of the lock classification committee. Um, and that was largely thanks to, thanks to his work, uh, you know, building that massive list of locks. And then now it's, it's, 
it's there's a lot of people contributing locks, but there's and if you're a red belt or if you're a black belt, you're automatically on the classification. You can be on it if you want. If you're a red belt, and honestly, if you're anybody else and you just know a lot about locks, the larger the lock classification committee is, the better. It's, it's, there's so much out there. We we almost have to do it that way. Um, so the I would say the lock classification committee and the explosion of locks being added was the the last probably major milestone. Sorry, sorry to have to go back that. I, I just saw that in my notes as I picked. That's fine. That's it. Yeah, um, I hadn't thought about about it till you were talking about it, but classification could it's a tricky one to deal with because there's you know, some locks are kinda hard to come by. And so yeah. or, you know, uh, dealing with the ones that have never been picked, you know, that's that's a tricky one too that I've seen. It's almost impossible to do. Um, and on the little spreadsheet that, that I made when we first started doing it, it said something like, we are never going to get this completely right. All we can do is our best. And, and we're going to make mistakes. We need to accept that right now before we try to do anything. Because if we try to be perfect, it, it, we won't get anywhere. It, it was and as much as I do not like the, you know, perfect is the enemy of good statement, that was totally an example of where it was. If we tried to be 100% accurate, accurate on our classification of every lock, we would never get any class. There's just too much variability. It's impossible. Not impossible. Well, yeah, and, and so as we, was, try our, we try our best. As was pointed out to me at one point when I was complaining about the classification of one lock, it was pointed out that there was a wide... Um, in so it was a sergeant, and I always wonder how you say it. The the queso queso whatever however it's pronounced. I always I always said queso, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't know. Um, they uh, it was pointed out that there's a large variability in how difficult individuals in that are picked, and that was why it was ranked where it was at the time. It has since been moved up, I think, to black if it's the sergeant brand but anyway um i i had so much frustration with that thing <laughs> oh yeah there's always going to be those that and you know honestly some medicos are like that in particular the medico um the cam locks those medico cam locks some of them are some of you stick a pick and they open right up for you others you can pick at them for months and they just won't open there was there was a an example of that is um, I got sent a, a, about three, three of those Medico cam locks, and I, I had opened one of those things, and I just was like, yeah, yeah, I'll open your locks for you. It got to me. I, I couldn't open a single one of them. I couldn't even tell what was going on. So, yeah, there's a massive variability in from, from lock to lock. So in some sense, every lock is almost like a challenge lock in that there's not two of them, but it, we're, you know, we're closer than we are with challenge. Sure. And, again, it gets back to the point where it's just, we cannot be perfect classification. We can only get input from as many people who have seen that lock as possible and try our hardest. Yeah. And that's, I think that's okay. No, it's okay. Yeah. You're never Again, getting back to the whole fancy, fancy pajamas. <laughs> and, and you're never going to be able to account for the variability. I mean, that's part of why we're able to pick them is because there's variability in, in machining and you know, you're never going to be a, able to adequately account for individual bidding and machining tolerances on, you know, 
it's it's going to be a problem. So you just have to kind of do your best to say, well, they tend to be in this area, right? Yeah, exactly, for sure. Um, so what you said you you haven't been real active lately in the whole Locksport community. What what have you been up to? Do you have any other interests or hobbies that you've been filling time with, or? Well, like, like most of us, the COVID lockdown sort of changed everything. Um, I, I do a lot of beekeeping with my father. Uh, we enjoy that. Um, so I, I don't live too far, but I don't live too close either. So uh, I spend the weekends kind of over there working with bees. Not every weekend, but quite a few. And then my wife and I play board games. Um, it, we're both vaccinated now, so we're starting to get used to the idea that we can get out of the house a little bit more. Uh, my, my job has allowed me to work a hundred percent remote. Oh. Um, and so I've, I felt you know, quite disconnected from a lot of things over the last year. Um, so yeah, I, I would say we're just now getting to the point where, where we we're starting to get used to the idea that we can get out there and start doing things socially again. Then the other thing I've been doing is I have a little machine shop in my garage. So I, I make little parts and tools and I've been learning to some of the, the folks on discord are actually professional machinists um, have been kind of tutoring me along on how to get better at that. That's been a lot of fun. I enjoy making. So um, the machine shop aspect has been kind of a blessing to me during the lockdown. Sure. Oh uh, yeah. Having something to, you can do while you're stuck at home. I've had the, uh, the yeah, opposite. Exactly. I've had the opposite from a lot of people during shutdown. My job cannot be done remotely, and in actuality, I worked a lot more last year than I do normally. So, um, yeah, it, it's and I'm quite the introvert anyway. So, really, other than my uh, youngest son being stuck at home with us, it, it hasn't been any real different for me. But, uh, yeah, it's been quite the year. So it's a difficult year. It sure, yeah, it sure has for a lot of people. Now, now comes the part where I gotta <laughs> think if there's anything else we need to to discuss on the system, or, or is there anything else you want to discuss while we're on here? Well, you know, really, the only thing I I thought you might find it interesting that you know what the reasons for it, the reasons it came about, and maybe some of the milestones in its development. Yeah. Um, I have to I have to say it. It is so strange. It's almost surreal to me how many people want to play this little game. <laughs> it, it, it just blows me away. And then probably what blows me away more than that, and I think probably COVID is to thank for this, is the explosion of talent that's, been, that's happened up. It, I never thought we would see locks that are falling every day fall at all. You know, like the people who have, have just that have been developed out there, it just blows my mind. So the state of the art in Locksport is almost unbelievable. Um, yes. People like to, I don't know, uh, people like to watch my videos and when I picked, like when I picked my first EVA 3KS, my hands were shaking like a leaf. Like, I could not believe literally that I had opened this stupid lock. Like, I was, just, I was full of adrenaline and, and uh, you know, I thought that was like one of the hardest locks in the whole wide world. And now it's something like, I don't know, it's been classified down. It's not people pick those things for breakfast. It's ridiculous. I, it just blows me away what people are able to do right now. 
Yeah, so, and um, I think there's been a lot of new talent come in. Some of them are extremely talented, um, but also there's because there's so many people involved now. There's been this explosion of knowledge sharing. So once somebody shows mm-hmm. or figures out how to do something and shares it, then people are able to duplicate it and refine it, and you come up with these. You know, now now it's it's well known how you get through a three ks. You know these are the steps, and uh, yes, it's still technically challenging, but there isn't the hurdle of how do I do it in the first place to to figure out. So that's true. I think that's yeah, that's really true. And sometimes it takes a group of people thinking about a problem to come up with a creative solution because you can get stuck on you can get stuck on a certain method. You know, I used to when I was doing a lot more helping people out there, I used to say, don't ever try the same thing twice. You know, if keep working at it, but if the lock didn't open, don't try the same thing again. Try something slightly different. Um, Cause you can get, it's really easy to get stuck in kind of a, a frame of reference around what you think is going to work. Um, yeah. And I think having more people to, to think through it with has really helped with. It. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. The, the, the number of people there to, to, look at the problem in a different way. And then the, the knowledge sharing that comes after that, uh, especially with, with all the YouTube videos showing step by step, you know, and now with people doing down the keyway shots and, and it's just amazing how much knowledge is out there right now that wasn't even there when I started. So it's been, and I think the, uh, the belt system has a lot to do with that. I think it really is a driving force and people, wanting to learn how to do these more difficult locks. Well, if that's the case, uh, I can, I can, I can be really proud because that's really what I wanted to begin with. That's, I mean, I'd say that's, that was the main thing I wanted to see happen from it. And I think the other people who were there when we first developed it uh, would agree with that. In fact, I, I spoke to, uh, if, if Baumgard right before this, but about an hour before we started talking, because I wasn't, I wasn't able to get a hold of him on Discord, and I wanted to see if there was anything he wanted added, since he was there in the beginning too. And um, you know, he and I talked a lot about exactly that, which is it, it, it's just a way for people to become more familiar with with a reasonable path, not the only path, but a reasonable path to cutting through more interesting blocks, having a better time, making more friends. And geez, you know, if that's if that's what it's become, and that's happening, that's I couldn't be more happy with that. That's, that's my interpretation of what I've seen anyway. I see the, the drive for, for people to, to get up there and people sharing the information. It's, I, I think you should be proud. I think it's become, uh, I don't even know how to put it, but it, it definitely has uh, driven the, the state of lockpicking forward. People are really there's there's a motivation besides just solving the puzzle to to keep going when when you might otherwise be frustrated and then also the uh the knowledge that people can share with you to help you it, it really does help a lot so definitely would be proud yeah. if i were you oh thanks yeah i appreciate it. well again i don't mean to imply in any way that it was only me there was a, there have been a lot of people involved in it. No, no i was i was it was my idea. I was the original author, but it it uh, it would not be what it is today without the input of all the great moderators and administrators 
and creative thinkers behind it at this point. Um, I do have, I did gather the data yesterday from, um, do that. This is the current distribution. Surprised that there's nearly 55, 55 black belts. Wow. But one of the, one of the revelations that, um, talk kettle racism had was that we should be maintaining a system where only about 1% of its participants end up at the black belt level. And if we have 800, I'm sorry, oh, I didn't, I didn't put the total number here. Uh, it's on another sheet. The current active participants are 4,734 and 55 are, are black belts. So that's just over 1%, which I think is, that tells me we're right in line with where we should be. Um, I really liked his revelation there that that the distribution should be um, should be about one percent at the tail. So, yeah, I remember. To me, this 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 tells me it's a fun game for people, right? We we see we push active engagement up to the orange, at which point some of the video requirements and challenge lock requirements start to become manifest. That's I would expect to to taper off. Activity would taper off at that point. I'm not surprised by that, but what I what I'm most encouraged by is how from brown to black you see continued involvement. And in fact, if you get a red belt, you are statistically almost inevitable you'll get a black belt, which is super cool. Unless you're me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get there. <laughs> I uh, I'm a I'm a red belt still now after almost a year because I haven't I started this podcast and it's eaten up so much of my time. I haven't. Stuck a pick in a high security lock in months and months and months. I've got a me PR well, still in the vice over there, and I haven't picked on it. <laughs> well, we'd we'd have to check with the current game master, but I I would imagine your podcast would earn you dawn points. So um, <laughs> no, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, truthfully, actually, I had I gotten to uh, the red belt and started working on that Miwa PR. But I had driven so hard and I spent so much time in lock sport that I actually burned out for a little bit and I stepped away and then I came back and was trying to get back into the community and figure out what was going on. And, and I'm a big podcast enthusiast. So I started listening, you know, looking for somebody has to have created a podcast, right? And couldn't find one. And that's when my camera's not focusing. Um, and that's when I suddenly decided, oh, well, nobody else has, I guess I should create one, which then took all of my time and has kept me from <laughs> advancing anyway. But isn't it crazy how the stuff in the world just gets done by those who show up and do it? Even if they're very unlikely, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I see was... that. I see it everywhere I look, you know, at work even. It's like something needs to be done and then there's just one person decides to do it and, and it's done. And even if it's not done well, at least it's done, and then we can iterate on. That. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think your podcast is awesome. Oh, thank you. I, it. I just created what I wanted. So you know, that's that's what it came down to. I wanted a way to keep track of all the different parts of the Locksport community because there's several groups that kind of, you know, you've got the the Discord and the Reddit which are kind of one and the same, but also have kind of their own unique personalities. You have a large portion of the YouTube group that, that isn't on those. 
You've also got people on Facebook who may or may not be on those. So there's all these different groups that have their own little bits of stuff going on that isn't necessarily shared with the rest of them. So that's what I was looking for was a way to, to get all that together. And it's sort of working, but, you know, <laughs> if you ask... Well, no, that's, that's good. Are, sorry, go a, a quick question, and I don't, I don't know the answer to this, but are, are you on key picking at all? I, 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 st- I kind of got my start on key picking, and that community was really near and dear to my heart, and especially some of my biggest influences were like Zio and Oldfast on key picking. No, I um, haven't. I'm wondering, I, I don't know about the health of that community because I've just been out of the loop. I'm wondering. No. No, I've never actually been over there. I don't think I've ever been there. So is that a a forum somewhere or a what is key picking? It, it is. Yeah, it's a forum. It's it's kind of a like a bulletin board forum type thing. Um had a, a really rich community of very talented pickers at one point. Um I know they, they had a requirement for the longest time that you had to have you had to apply to be a member. It was was a you would sign up for an account and then you'd request kind of authorization, almost like Facebook account or a Facebook group. And that, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, that was a deterrent to some membership, but uh, it was a, it was a fan, fantastic community for sure. It says they have a discord server. Just pulled it up. Okay. I'll check into that. Yeah. It, now that I'm thinking about it, I mean, I need to go back and see how it's doing. Cause I, I really hope that community is in good shape and, good health because they were just an amazing group of people. Looks like there's recent activity. I don't know how much, but there, there is recent activity as of, uh, yesterday. Anyway. So yeah, cool. that's another one to add to the list, but yeah, it's been a bit of a challenge because the, the time it takes to pull information in. So that's why I always, every episode I'm, feel like I'm practically begging people <laughs> to keep sending me information so I don't have to try and find it all. But, uh, Oh yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, I have to say, I, I learned about this lock from you. Um, Oh, the, and then I pestered Mal. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the 5,700, the asset 5,700. Yeah. Then I, I, I pestered Mal to tell me how to get one. Cause I wanted one too. And he told me, and actually I have to say the guy in Estonia is, on, I got this thing faster from Estonia than I've been able to get things from like the East Coast of the United States. And <laughs> that guy sends stuff really fast. I mean, you pay for it, but he sends it really fast. <laughs> yeah, I think that was one, some, that bit of information was, I think was one somebody actually sent me to, to cover. And that's, you know, that's, that's what it all is about. I just want to be like a, a central hub to share the information with everybody and hopefully benefit everybody. Um, so it's, it's been rewarding. The feedback, um, is phenomenal. So I'm quite happy with the way that's turned out. And, and really I have more engagement than I should have for the size of audience I have. So that's, says a lot about this community because technically from everybody I've asked about podcasting advice, it never should have worked. You can't start a podcast that absolute from day one absolutely relies on audience engagement. <laughs> so that's what they'll all tell you. You, oh, you got you, you to build your audience base before you can, you know, or you have to have this big promotional campaign and somehow it worked. 
it just well, I think you know, be, I, I, be, because the community sorry. is what it is. I think is why it worked. So, you know, I think you're right. And then the other thing too is if you get on the internet and start saying cool things and interesting topics and covering things that people care about, and people show up. I mean, with with my channel, I was it never got super big. You know, it was, but you know, I had I had an audience that I really liked. They were they were a group of great people who were engaged and and. I to say it stopped being as much fun for me once I crossed about 800 people because it stopped being people that I knew and, and was, you know, repeatedly engaging with. And it started to be, you know, people who were, who were just kind of coming out of the woodwork and more casually watching. And I appreciated that a lot, but it stopped being as much fun because the engagement that I got from the people who were invested, it was, it was incredibly valuable. Um, and I, I guess I shouldn't say it got less fun, but it was that community of people that you kind of know their names and you, you speak with them regularly. That's, that's a valuable, I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, I definitely enjoyed making new friends too. And I, and I did make quite a number of new friends on that, but it was, uh, it was the early days were, were very fun because it was, it was people, we all followed each other's channels and, and it was, again, it goes back to that celebrating and the accomplishments of others. We would celebrate in each other's accomplishments and that felt, that felt really. Yeah. There's, there's been a huge explosion, it seems, especially since COVID, but in the last year or so in the number, well, since I started on, so about two years, there's been this steady kind of feels like explosion of people coming into the sport and being much more active than it seems. I don't know. It just seems like it's, it's, it's really growing. And I, and I wonder if that's going to sustain or if it's going to wane when COVID restrictions lighten up. No, I, I wondered exactly the same thing. I, I've been curious about that as well. It, it, it does seem that it does seem that there's a bit of a cycle that people go through. You, you mentioned getting kind of burned out and I, I felt the same way uh, at one point. And, it got to the point where I was enjoying making the videos more than I was enjoying making, you know, picking the locks. And that was, that was kind of the indicator to me that I needed to go find something else to do because, you know, you can tell when somebody's super excited about something and they're, it's contagious. And, um, the first of the, the MCS, I tried to pick the MCS. I never got it on camera. Um, and I found that to be the most deeply unenjoyable lock to try to pick that I've ever put a pick. It was, it's all audio. There's no tactile feedback. It was abject misery for the entire time um, trying to open it. I did get somewhere with it, but I never got it open on camera. Um, and then, so that was kind of the beginning. And then I, I struggled with that twin star, but it, it's possible maybe that I was even losing some steam at that point. Um, but the other thing too is pressure to pressure to keep picking harder and harder locks. That that's real, you know. And people want to see something harder the next time. They want to see something hard this time, and they want to see something harder the next time. And you feel that pressure, and and, and that's cool. That that pressure can make you rise to it, but it can also over time cause it to be not quite as much fun as it was before. Yeah. Um, there's well, and, and then there's. And I always. Sorry, I was didn't mean to step on you there, but. There's also a, I noticed the, the pivot. So lock picking lawyer, 
when I, the first videos of his I started watching were him picking multi-locks and all these difficult locks. And then, you know, as of recent, it, it, the channel pivoted to what's obviously more popular with the audience, which is, you know, he's picking and demonstrating how bad the quality of most locks is. So the videos are very short and they're, they're never really complex locks anymore, which, you know, I love, I loved watching his channel when it was the complex locks because he did a really great job of explaining how they worked and, and what the guts were and all that. And, you know, I just, well, yeah, he's, he's certainly, that guy is an incredibly talented picker for sure. Yeah. And, um, and I, I noticed that too. Uh, and I, I just have to imagine that the more popular videos are things like destructive entry or, or, you know, critiques of locks that people are familiar with. And I, this, this is similar to what I'm getting at with the belt systems. Like people only will focus on what they know. And if you don't even know what you don't, and, and so if, if all you know about is master locks and you see that you, there's an American lock out there, then that American lock must be the hardest lock to pick in the whole world. And then you start looking at that and then, well, it has security pins in it. Your mind's kind of blown, but it goes. So the rabbit hole is so much deeper than that. Right. And, and so I, I was always hoping that by showing people the locks that exist around the world, the really interesting locks around the world, that people would become more interested in them and, and want to want to work with them, want to engage with them and play with them and, and understand them better. Again, never to defeat them. It was never my point to show that locks were of low quality. In fact, I, I used to tell people, because I'd get comments like, oh, well, I thought this lock was good, but if you picked so quickly, it must not be. And I'm like, no, don't think that. First off, if you see me playing with a lock, it means I like it. Almost, almost without exception. There are, there are a few exceptions. But almost without exception, it means I really respect and like that lock. If, you didn't, if I didn't like and respect it, I probably wouldn't be showing it on YouTube. Well, and secondly, yes, I picked it in eight minutes, but that's, that's, there was 18 hours before that that I couldn't open it. <laughs> exactly. That's, You're only seeing the last take. <laughs> the miracle of video. It, you, you, people see the part you want them to see. That's, that's one of the things I actually harped on several times on my YouTube channel. It's like, the, what you're, you, people would comment, wow, you did that so fast. It's like, you're only seeing this little section of video. You don't see the failed attempts before. You don't see the, the first time I opened it that it took me 18 minutes, you know, after trying, yeah. you know. There's only a few on my channel that were out of package picks. Those are the ones I'm most proud of yeah. because I opened the box from the mail and picked them. And that to me was, was an accomplishment. Picking, you know, the, the sergeant after working on it for over a month straight, I was thrilled to get it open because I got it on camera and I didn't have to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that real? That, oh man, I could put this one behind me and not split it anymore. Yeah. And that's, that was yeah, no, I, I felt a that big too. part of my burnout, I think. I went from that, and then I got the, uh, the Miwa PR and another one that I don't even remember what it is now. Um, but by the time I got that one open, I had spent so long just banging my head against the wall on this one lock, trying to figure out why I could get a, a false set and nothing else, and, and trying to figure out what order I had to set the pins in to get past that. And it was just 
obnoxious. So I think it, it burned me out. Yeah. You know, and, and part of me wonders too, is, you know, like I said, for me, you talked about lockpicking lawyer and he, the guy, but, so there's a couple of stories. Like the first story is probably the most, most legendary like temper tantrum that I threw on, um, on, on discord and on the subreddit was, I think it was LPL had just done the first public pick that I knew of. There may, I'm sure there had been public picks before, but he, he just done the first public pick that I had ever seen of, um, multi-lock MT5 plus. And I like fell out of my chair that morning when I saw it, I was just throwing a whole, I, I messaged it to my, I was throwing a huge celebration because I was like, that is so awesome. The multi-lock MT5 just fell to me. That was, that was a massive, massive thing. And, and I'm pretty sure it was, it was that. And then somebody else had posted this picture of a little children's toy that they could put on a door. And if you dropped a marble in it, you could open the doorknob. And that thing had like 400 upvotes and LPL's master lock or multi-lock MT5 plus had, you know, I don't know, 20 or 12, you know, something like that. And I was just like, this is an outrage. Yeah. <laughs> and so these people still talk about the little, like the table flipping I did over that one. I, I was like, I was threatening to delete that post. I was just so angry about that because it was like, this is like the first time in the world that lock got picked on camera. That's amazing. Yeah. And so part of me wonders, you know, I, I don't, don't know him um, very well, but part of me wonders if like I was saying, you know, the pressure to continue to do higher and higher quality and harder, harder lock, you, you know, it, it it's kind of at odds with the YouTube publishing, right? YouTube really rewards people who publish regular content. Absolutely. That I, I, you know, I don't blame him for doing what he did because that's the YouTube, um, to get ahead in YouTube, it appears, you know, you have to do regular content released on an absolutely regular schedule. And, uh, and the shorter videos that he's doing are exactly what people generally want to consume. You know, I, I, Nothing I ever say about me not watching his channel much anymore should ever have anything to do with how much I respect him as a picker. I, I think he's oh, amazing. Yeah. He's fast. He's he's very skilled. He seems to have an excellent feel for what's happening in a lock. Um, I could only dream of having his touch. But he's doing what YouTube rewards. And that's something that yeah. I would... My personality is what it is. I... I fight against ever doing whatever the system seems to want to work, but, uh, you're a contrary and I am too. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> did you want to, uh, let anybody know where they can find you now or are you wanting to stay on the sidelines or, or, you know, God, just to, you know, first off to say, thank you very much for having me on your show. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, if people want to find me, I, I don't know why they would, because everyone out there is much better at picking than I am and probably better at explaining things than I am. But, uh, you know, just to say that the Discord is a friendly community, and, and so is the subreddit, and we try really hard to keep it that way. So um, I will always respond to at messages on Discord. So if you wanted to chat with me for any reason, just hit me up on the LPU Discord with an at message. Okay. Uh, but no, otherwise, otherwise that, I'm... I'm, I'm there's a couple of locks. These two locks, I, I brought them out just because I'm thinking about maybe, maybe sticking a pick in them at some point soon. I haven't picked a lock in a very long time, but, um, you know, I, I, I may, 
if I, if I pick something, it'll probably show up on the LPU uh, lockpicking uh, YouTube channel. Oh, okay. Rather than my own, um, just because I, I, I when we started the LPU channel, it was a it was in some ways an effort to provide YouTube with the content it wanted at a rate that we could handle and also do interesting things. Um, and so if I can if I can contribute to the LPU uh, effort in you know, meeting the, the YouTube publishing requirements in order to actually generate views, I would like to do that rather than put one YouTube video out a year on my own channel. Um, so my channel will probably not see too many more videos, but I will, if I do pick another lock, likely publish it on the LPU uh, channel. Okay, good to know. And I will uh, put a link to the LPU's channel in the show notes for this episode and to the the Discord and Reddit, so everybody can find those there. Um, I'm not sure if anybody actually checks out the uh, the show notes on these things. <laughs> anyway, um, I really appreciate your time. Um, I enjoyed talking to you as well, and I I really uh, enjoyed hearing the backstory behind the uh, both the the Reddit Discord and the the uh, belt system. So it was uh it was good. I was quite eager to get in here and find out about that when once you sent me that email. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, wow." Cuz I kind of been wondering about it, but you know, me being me, I wasn't going to sit there and ask anybody. So <laughs> Oh, no, no worries. I'm happy to do it. I you know, like I said, I'm I feel like it's been successful in what we originally hoped it would do. And um you know, it's still pretty, pretty amazing to me how many people seem to enjoy it. And I was, you know, I was talking to teens yesterday. We had a quick touch base before this talked with him and, and, uh, him and, and pocket racism about this. Um, he was saying, you know, in the early days, we had a lot of people trying to change it. You know, people would say, I think that we should do this or that, or change the rules this way or that way. I guess that's sort of fallen by the wayside now because it's become, it's become, something that so many people participate in folks have just become more accepting of what it is. I hope that doesn't, you know, it's, that's good and bad, right? Because when you create something, you you know what things look like when they're made by a committee, right? It doesn't work out too well. Right. But at the same time, you can, you can easily stagnate if you don't respond to, to um, requests for, for enhancements like that. And so that's, what's just kind of got me rattling my brain about expansion to it. And, And I, I think that any expansions we do would have to be based on the dons as a as a a way to to let people use the dawn system to their advantage. I think that was that was a really beautiful framework that he wrote up in a place. Similarly with the black belt modularization, those are those two frameworks were really needed. Um, and so you just have to be very careful with editing these things because there's a bazillion edge cases to everything. And, um, if you don't think ahead, you'll, you people will find them <laughs> Yeah, looking at you challenge lock requirement. <laughs> <laughs> when you got a community that, that has such a high percentage of, uh, the hacker mindset you're Yeah. They're going to test yeah. anything they can. You bet. And that's good. I mean, I, I celebrate that personally. Yeah, it's what what it's all about. You need that type of people to think through the problems to to get through all these different types of locks. And 
you know, that's just a mindset you, you have to have. And so, yeah, you're going to get a lot of people doing the same thing with any system you develop, I think. For sure. All right. Well, I appreciate your time and, uh, and thanks again for, for reaching out and coming on here to, to explain this, the system. I, I, I really am a fan of the system. That's why I, I like to announce and give credit to people who have worked their way up in the, uh, in the system on the podcast. It's, I think it, it shows a commitment once you get beyond a certain level to, that you really uh, stuck with it. Cause you know, once you get, I think blue is a big hurdle for people. Well, you have green where they have to start doing video and then blue where you get the challenge lock requirement and all that to get past yeah. that point takes quite a commitment. So. Yeah, and you can see that's where the most precipitous drop is, um, you know, videos, challenge locks, but it levels out after that. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's, uh, it's true. If you can make it through those stages, I think a lot of people stay on track. And those are, those are the ones that are really into the hobby for, for the high security side. You know, a lot of people... Right. I, I, I've met quite a few. Um, I, I actually work with one that learned the basics of lock picking and went, okay, I got this. And that's, that's as far as they, they ever really wanted to go. And that's fine. That's what they enjoy. Um, so I think, um, yeah, well, <laughs> there's, there's, you know, different I, I types for sure. Yeah. I think for you, you calling out the accomplishments on your podcast is amazing. And I think that's, that just gets back to celebrating the community, celebrating its members accomplishments. It's right. just another way that people can be proud of something that they've done that probably was hard. You know, it, I don't care what it is. Like if it's your first master lock, I remember when I picked my first master lock, it was hard. And when I picked my first American, it was hard. And when I picked my first Medico, I thought I was king of the world, you know, and, and, and people are proud of what they did. And for the community to celebrate those things is, I just I almost can't imagine anything better. You know, it, more encouragement. They, people love encouragement. People love to be encouraged by their friends and their, their colleagues and stuff. It, and they just, it seems, to, it seems to make a community that's really healthy. Right. So I want to say thanks to you for calling people out when they get those accomplishments. Because I, you and I will probably never know how much that means to people. Yeah, well, um, I, I, I don't know if how many of them actually know I call them out? Cause a lot of them that I call out, I know don't listen to the podcast. Some of them do, some of them don't, but, and, and I sometimes feel bad that I'm only doing purple above on a regular basis, but that's, that's my workload and, and podcast uh, prep stuff that, that kind of has to limit that. And for sure time, yeah, in, I mean. time in the episode, cause nobody wants to listen to, but I, I, I said it, in the, the regular podcast, I'll say it again here. I will announce anybody that requests it. I don't care if it's a white belt and you, you know, you're really, really proud of that. I will announce it. That's everybody has their own, uh, difficulties with, with getting into this sport. I, I've, uh, seen a few people and, and I've, um, that, that really struggle because of maybe physical handicaps or whatnot, but they're still doing it. So for them getting past yeah. 
getting past a spool pin might be a major accomplishment that they're really proud of. And so getting, you know, your, your orange belt might be something that's, that's a huge accomplishment. And I, I would love to celebrate that for people, but I can't do all of them. It's just a, a limit of time on my part. So sure. That's well, why no, I yeah. made the you, cutoff. We can only do what we can do. That curve on your graph right there is exactly why it's, it's purple and above for me to default to. <laughs> yeah. You can see that. And, you know, you can only do what you can do. We had a, we had a guy a few years ago who was blind, who wanted to participate and he hit us up and he's like, I'm blind. How do I participate? And we're like, first off, this is so cool. Like, that's just so awesome. <laughs> like, how do, how do, how do we help this guy gut a lock being blind? Right. Yeah. Like, you know, it, so, but we, we, did, that was one of the things I was most proud of is that we actually figured out how, how he could participate fully and, and cause picking a lock is not a problem when you're blind, no. all blind anyway, but you know, gutting it is, is a, is a really big deal. And so he had his girlfriend help and, um, we got a bunch of videos of him doing, tearing up lock, you know, having his girlfriend help him, have him gut up. It was so cool. It was just, it was really amazing. Yeah, no, I, yeah, it's that kind of stuff that that makes this community great is that there's always somebody there that seems to be willing and able to, to help no matter what your, uh, your level or your challenges are. That's, uh, that makes this community great and, and I'm proud to be a part of it because of that. So. Yeah, me too. And that's, again, that's, that's the reason I stick around is the people, the locks I've kind of, you know, I still play around with locks. Don't really pick them too much anymore, but the people keep me coming back for sure. Cause it's just a, it's so funny because I've heard so many people say, well, I'm not going to send my expensive locks. What do you steal them? These are obviously criminals. Like you have no idea about the community you're dealing with. Like this is the most honest, genuine community I've ever been a part of. <laughs> it's unbelievably friendly and honest. Like I've never, I don't, you know, it, it's yeah. I've, I can't imagine people stealing locks. That would be unbelievable to me. That happened. Yeah, that was, um, yeah, it was, it was something that impressed me right away getting into this community was just how welcoming and helpful and friendly. Um, you don't get a bunch of negative comments when you put out a YouTube video showing, you know, your struggles. They don't say, oh, well, that's easy. It's the complete opposite of oh, what they, I they... experienced on my YouTube channel doing uh, learning welding and doing my motorcycle yeah. work, there were so many people that just hop on to tell you you're an idiot. So there's actually a yep. disclaimer in every one of those videos on my channel that says, I am completely self-taught. This is, should not be taken as instruction. And if you're only here to say, I don't know what I'm doing, well, duh. <laughs> That's what it actually says. So, because it was just... <laughs> so, and then when people... Uh, there was a, a guy who came into the Locksport community and um, he, he noticed I'd done some welding videos and I, I said, yeah, but I'm, I'm self-taught. I don't, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. It was a defensive maneuver because here's a welder. Oh, crap. He's going to pick my welding apart. So I did that. He's like, why did you feel you needed to do that? So then I had to explain because because of what happens on my welding videos, it's, it's a different world. And, uh, you know, and it, it makes you appreciate this community so much more. And I will say eventually those comments do come. Um, 
you do start to get those, those folks in there. And I, I saw one of my favorite comments was someone was talking, they didn't pick it, but someone was talking about an acid twin 6,000 and, you know, and it, it has these barrel spools and are these um, gin bottle spools in it. And there was a comment on the video that said, I could pick that lock in five minutes, even if it had security pins. And it, it, it was like, it, 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 did you even take time to like research what you were talking? Like you're making claims that just don't make any sense. Like this is beyond any security pin. I mean, it is technically a security pin, but it's got matched counter milling. Yeah. It's, it takes zero, it takes zero effort for someone to show up make a nasty comment about something that they don't even know anything about. But the example, of course, is Huxley pig, right? Huxley pig. Are you familiar with Huxley? Oh yeah. Yeah. You Big know, fan of Huxley. He, he opens, he opens these abloys and stuff on camera. And if, almost universally, his comments are negative. You fake because you didn't show the tools. Like you guys had any idea who you're talking to? Like, <laughs> yeah, the research and years of his life he put into figuring out how to do what he does. It, 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 but anybody, it's like there's zero threshold to just showing up and saying something nasty to them. It's going to happen. Bad. It really is too bad. Yeah, it is yeah. going to happen on YouTube. The the trolls are going to find their way to your videos. But the percentage um, and percentage, the frequency, and, and how quickly it happens is vastly different. Um, yeah. I might see one of those comments on one of my Locksport videos here and there. But on my other videos, it was, I wouldn't look at the comments. I, I just stopped looking at the comments, <laughs> um, and which hurts your channel. Cause then you're not replying. You're not it. But yeah, I just stopped because you would get so many that said, you did this wrong. You yeah. did that wrong. This looks like crap. Why are you proud of that? You know, cause it's the best I've done, but that doesn't matter to them. Um, anyway, and that is very different to where the, the state of the Locksport community as it sits right now is anyway. Um, completely, yeah. completely different. And the encouragement that you get and people like, uh, and a big part of that is people like, uh, on YouTube anyway, uh, Starlock and Pocket Woman, they have their Shout Out Monday series. So they're getting people that are already big parts and uh, helpful people in the Locksport community to go be some of the first subscribers on these budding YouTube channels, people who are just getting into it, probably just doing videos, a lot of them just for the belt system, but they're getting the quality comments over there early versus letting random people find them. So I think it helps to encourage people. Oh, that's people. cool. I need to go check that out because I was not familiar. So I, I will look into that. That's awesome. Yeah, they, uh, you know, it's, it's just funny. It goes, it, it gets back to people just need so little encouragement, right? It, it's just a little bit of it goes so far. And, um, yeah, yeah. No, that's, it's, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Getting early positive feedback and encouragement rather than criticism, uh, can make or break somebody's enthusiasm, I think, for the sport as a whole. So, yeah, I agree. All right. Here, I've drug you on for a while longer. <laughs> All right, cool. well, probably should go. So uh, I appreciate okay. your time, and uh, I really did enjoy this conversation. Like I, um, like I said, so likewise. Thanks cool. again, and you All have right. a good one. You bet, Charles. You Bye. too. Talk to you later. Bye.
Thank you for taking the time to listen to this conversation with Tumblr. I really enjoyed the conversation. I hope you did too. Um, just a reminder that this show is only possible because of the information and support sent to me by the community. Um, so don't forget to keep sending in your news links, uh, giveaway information, anything you have that's Locksport related. You can always send them to my email, podcast at locksportscast.com, or the easiest way is if you're on a pl- social media platform that I'm also on, just tag me in a reply or a comment or something, and that'll throw a notification flag up so I can go check it out. And I will give you credit for that. Uh, don't forget to share the podcast with your lockpicking friends. Leave a comment and a thumbs up if you're on YouTube, a review if you're on a podcasting app that allows that. You can always subscribe or donate on Patreon or PayPal. Um, pay- patrons do get an RSS feed that is uh, allows early access, especially to episodes like this, which should be out a week before the rest of the community gets it. So if you support the show with a donation or uh, information I can use in a podcast episode, I will give you credit in the podcast episode for that and in the show notes. So thanks for your support and keep it legal. (laughs) 